Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. So, we, we got to talk about Kelvin Benjamin today, Corey Clement today, but we also are having Nick Gates on the show. Nick Gates, long awaited. We've... You know, we we've been in the in the Nick Gates corner for a long time, going back to the 2019 preseason. So uh, it, it was good to get him on, and you know he's a he's a part of the Talking Giants versus the World movement. Justin, how are you? Well, actually, I have a fun fact for you. I'm currently on Adobe Premiere Pro, and I included a picture during our interview, and here it is. It was April 13th, 2020. That is when you put out your Nick Gates, hey, Nick Gates, like this tweet if you're practicing snaps at center tweet. So it was even before the preseason. You you were on the you were on the Nick Gates for center. Preseason train. 2019. Oh, oh, you said preseason 2019. December 2019 was my first time talking about Nick Gates possibly playing center in 2020. How about that? How about that? But April 13, 2020, that's when your investigative journalism kind of started. Yeah, Nick Gates is awesome. Um, Really, really cool guy. You know, Bobby and I, we were we kind of think it's kind of like a cool point where players want to talk to us, and I think that's cool. You know, we obviously we want to talk to players, but you know, we're at a point where players kind of want to talk to us and they want to come on our show because they like what we're doing and we support them. It's cool that we support them. It's cool that they support us. So excited for you to hear it. But we got some uh, news to talk about first. Yeah, before we get to the news, we do have two new patrons. We got Johnny Reardon Reardon. And then just Zach, no last name Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, Could if, be Rosenblatt. No, because I have his address and it's it's no. not Rosenblatt. He lives in New City, New York. So if you know Zach in New City, New York, he's probably a patron. Wonder if that's not a new city. It's who, probably an old who city. Who are these Zachs? These Zachs from New City, New York. New City, New York. And then the other guy is from uh, England. Wow, Johnny Reardon. We have a very diverse global crowd and i love that so um our diverse global crowd no matter where you are you can go to patreon.com slash talking giants and for two dollars a month two u.s dollars however that translates to wherever you are you could support us and plus get get some other fun perks we're actually going to be doing a drawing for our twice a month raffle for a free talking giant shirt of kind of like you're choosing from the store so patreon.com slash talking giants bobby will even send you some magnets no matter where you are in the world we will pay for that shipping yeah, it's, it's just an extra couple of stamps. So people like, uh, you know, and, and the, the international people are always like, oh, do you want to, you know, send it internationally? It's like, don't worry, buddy. It's, I literally write these out by hand. So you're good. Um, all right. So we're going to get into the Nick Gates interview and we'll preface that a little bit when we get to it. But the Giants concluded rookie camp, which had some not rookies there, notably Kelvin Benjamin and Corey Clement. And they signed those two guys. They cut Nate Weeding and, and Jordan Chun to make room for Kelvin Benjamin and Corey Clement. Um, and before we talk about them, I just want to say that I'm so glad we have a regular offseason again, man. Last offseason without this suck. Like, you, like it was, it was a, a weekend that wasn't occupied by football, but it's like we had football in it. We had New York Giants news to talk about, and it was it was just so enjoyable. Like, you know, I always call it when, you know, when the beat reporters are covering practice, watching Twitter. Like, I really did enjoy that. And I'm just so glad that we have this offseason. And we're going to have preseason games this year where we get to watch a guy like Kyle Murphy. You know, like, like we have no undrafted free agents that we're excited about from 2020 because we didn't get to see any of them unless you were Austin Mack and, and got some, you know, some run on, on the 53. 
So I, I, it was just good to see these guys back doing some regular off-season activities. Yeah, we got all of our stories already lining up very nicely for, for us. Frankie Feaster, who is our local boy, current lacrosse coach at Bergen Catholic, went to school at Bergen Catholic, went to a Division three school, D3 school, where he was a star at lacrosse and football, was like a linebacker slash defensive end at in D3, but now he's going to be going for fullback, and then also he's adding long snapper to his arsenal, so it makes him more versatile. I think so Joe Frankie, Judge did that on purpose, though. What do you mean? I think per source that Joe Judge's son was playing that school, uh, Bergen Catholic, in lacrosse oh. that day, so he couldn't coach because he was busy doing the Giants minicamp stuff. Oh, wow. Because his sons do go to Don Bosco, I believe. I'm not sure. I just know someone DM'd me and like after you know when the Frankie Feaster thing came out and told me. That's so that would be cold. That's the I, way we I, I, that's why I like my head coaches of the New York Giants. Cold. Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells, cold blooded. I would lose a like an ounce of respect for Joe Judge. Gains he respect. Did that did that to high school kids? He to may sabotage? have coached too. I don't know. He may have been able to make it to the game. I don't know, but I, I oh hope. Gosh. I hope so. I want. To, I want my head coach to be a savage. Well, I'm rooting for Frankie Feaster. Um, Frankie Feaster's the local guy. We got Kadarius Tony's tough toes and feet making headlines. Tony I was love a, it. Was a pun people were talking about. But let's talk about the real news. Oh. Kelvin Benjamin and Corey Clement. I was the, building up to it. Uh, I I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait any longer. I all of the, the all up. of like the the funny storylines of of what we didn't have last year. All right, let's talk let's about talk, the real we news. can talk about it after. Corey Clement and Kelvin Benjamin. Now we talked a little bit about Kelvin Benjamin on Friday's pod when we were kind of previewing the rookie camp. Even though he is the more exciting player than than Corey Clement, Corey Clement I think is going to make this roster. Like he, right now, he would be my favorite to be running back three. I don't think they and. and he kind of does everything you want out of that running back three, Justin. I mean, we all know him from the you know from the Eagles in that Super Bowl. He had the four catches for 100 yards. That you know that nice touchdown, that beautiful Nick Foles pass. Um, so I think that's where people really got to know him. Even though in in 2017 he had pretty decent numbers. Um, you know he had over 300 yards rushing and and uh, over 100 yards receiving, six total touchdowns. Um. And then 2018 was still involved, but it was a crowded backfield for Philly. 2019, he very crowded, doesn't play the first month besides special teams, and then he goes on IR and after like after four games. And then in 2020, he was just the running back three behind Miles Sanders and Boston Scott. You know, so he only got um, 21 carries, 75 yards of touchdown. That one touchdown was actually versus the Giants um, in the game we beat them. Five catches for 25 yards. But I do really think he is has the fast track to be running back three over Gary Brightwell because all the arguments like he's a better receiver than Gary Brightwell and yes. he plays special teams. I mean, he played uh, last year. He played sixty one percent of the special team snaps, and that's even missing a game due to COVID. You know, he's got nineteen career kick returns, seven career punt returns. So he kind of I, I don't know how good of a blocker he is. I'll, I'll admit that I didn't watch his blocking film. Uh, but I, I do think he has the fast track to be running back three, which was a spot I was a little bit worried about, you know, if you would ask me about it a week ago. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you can always make the argument that I, I think backup running back is a little ta- over-talked about often because it's like, well, if Saquon Barkley goes down, then the formula for this team basically kind of goes down with it. 
which is the risk that you run with putting a lot in a running back. But running back two and running back three is important because we just don't know about Saquon Barkley. You know, the Tish family loves uh, throwing a little gas in the fire this week, saying that Saquon Barkley may not be ready, even though that's not the full context of the quote. Saquon Barkley is going to be that ready. That was by week such one. garbage by TMZ. That was TMZ <laughs> like 101 right there. I love it. They asked I someone who of, didn't know, and he's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know it, if he's going to be. It has to be Tish. It had to be Tish. It was his had son. It wasn't oh. even Steve. It was his son, Jonathan. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was a joke. But anyways. Um, yeah, so, yeah, like you said, Bobby, he's logged 742 special team snaps in his career, and in his four-year career, and basically one of them, you know, take 59 special team snaps out of there when he played four games in 2019 before he suffered that injury. So I think that's the most important part. It's not like we're bringing a running back three. You know, Bobby and I, we talked uh, pre the pre-draft process. Well, let's get just let's just get like an exciting player in here. Um, that's not how the Giants are going to view running back three. You know, it may kind of be a boring a boring option, but somebody who they really need to rely on playing special teams. I think that's part of the reason why they just didn't flat out just didn't like Wayne Goldman. This may even go back to Pat Shermer. They just flat out sometimes didn't like Wayne Goldman because they he didn't contribute anything on special teams. And he's a bad and, receiver and fumbles. And he. And he's a bad receiver. I, I can't he, stop uh, taking shots at Wayne Gallman. I, 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 I apologize to the Gallman Knights. Yeah, but I mean, he has the receiving upside too. But we're hoping that we don't, we never get to a point where, all right, we're looking at our running back depth chart currently, and even giving Devontae Booker a pretty hefty penny too. We're hoping that we're not relying on Clement being like a receiving threat out of the backfield. But it is there. But if you don't address it, you have John Hillman starting a game. You know, so. It's it's not the most important thing, but you know I, I wasn't comfortable with Gary Brightwell, and maybe you know Gary Brightwell is someone who could stick around on the practice squad. You're not worrying about someone snagging him if he gets yeah. cut from the initial 53. Um, so it's not like we're losing you know a draft pick, even though it's a six round draft pick, and it's it's you know if if they did cut him and never saw him again, we I don't think anybody would sweat about that with Brightwell. No, so not it not. allows Brightwell to work on some skills, and we have a running back three that we trust to you know carry the ball 10 times in a game and you know add something as a receiving threat and if and if he's not used which was the argument you know for Brightwell it's like hey well guess what they're probably going to use Saquon a ton say Saquon stays 100% healthy Devontae Booker is the clear backup well now we got a we got our running back three that plays special team so he's not you know just sitting on the roster doing nothing yeah and if we uh if we always like to rag on the Giants offensive line um there's a little bit of advanced stats for Corey Clement, and the thing that sticks out the most is the yards per, yards before carry per attempt. Now he has he doesn't have a ton of attempts in his career, and he doesn't even have enough attempts in any single season in his career to qualify to be on any, like the next gen stats, which you need a minimum of eighty five. And the highest the highest of his career in terms of attempts he's had in, is in twenty seventeen his rookie year with seventy four. So yeah, so low tread. You're right. So but the yards before carry st uh, per attempt stat is something that I felt like was is significant. Giants offensive line in 2020 wasn't that great. Wayne Gallman's yards before carry per attempt was 2 yards. Um uh, it was excuse me, 2.2 yards and Corey Clement in 2020 it was 2 yards before the carry per attempt and in 2018 it was 1.6 yards per carry before the attempt. So that's not very good. <laughs> yards before contact. I said that wrong. I'm so sorry. Yards before contact per attempt. So basically, you get the ball a yard and a half down the field, you're already getting hit, and that sucks. So you look at his yard, his low yards per attempt, like throughout his entire career, three point six, three point eight, four point three in his rookie year was pretty good, but that's kind of why Philly offensive line, Philly rushing offense, uh, not really 
great for him. Are you going to miss Jordan Chun? Am I going to miss Jordan Chun? No. I was very close to watching Jordan Chun film because I I was like, I watched Kale Garrett film instead of Jordan Chun film. Um, And I definitely wasn't going to watch Taekwon Mizzle film. Uh, Who? Taekwon Mizzle. He's another running back we have. Fun fun name. He, He played for Chicago. So Jordan Chun, sorry, dude. We got Corey Clement. By the way, I don't know if this is correct or not, but his it lists him at 5'10", 220. That's a thick dude for a guy who's got a little speed and burst to him and receiving ability. I mean, it, they just love their Darren Sproles type backs, don't they? But he, I mean, they use him in screens. Like he is like that receiving, like cutback type running back. Like you know, yeah, but the, here's the thing: he the Giants back. Giants don't do that. <laughs> don't do what? They don't do running back screens like like that. They don't they don't really do anything exciting. I have an NFL take. No, I'm I'm not arguing with the 2020 Giants did screens. I think every fan base, if your team's not that good, thinks their team sucks at running screens. You want to know why? Why? Because they suck at everything. No, well, one it's like yeah, you're you're negative because your team's losing, but just you remember all the screens that don't work. Whereas when you're watching other teams, you only re- you only remember the ones that do work. Like I remember people being mad at Pat Shermer, um, after it was after the Jets game about how he doesn't use enough screens. I was like, we just had Golden Tate take a 60 yard screen for a touchdown, and then yeah. the week before versus Dallas, Saquon had like a 65 yard screen. It's like not every screenplay works. It's a very boomer. It's a very boomer bust play. Like you're not getting a you're not getting like a solid seven yards per screen. It's usually one yards or negative yards or you know the 20 30 yard one so i just have that's just an nfl take i have is everyone thinks their team sucks the screens there has to be data to back that up i I don't i can't have fans reaction as data um sometimes you just have to use your mind not numbers all right let's talk about kelvin benjamin now we talked about the shot oh it was let's talk about kelvin benjamin so 30 years old six foot five 245 pounds it's a why not move. You know, it's a 90-man roster thing. Like, you might as well bring him in. Um, and it's hard to not get a little excited because, you know, his first two seasons in the NFL were good. Like, he was a good receiver. Um, you know, he, he tore his ACL in his second year. But if you look at his first two seasons playing, had 136 catches, uh, 1950 yards, so 50 yards of, of you know, sh- yards short of 2016 touchdowns. And, you know, I even put together the highlight of all his touchdowns. I was like, this guy was a contested catch machine, and he's huge. Like, he really is big. But I think he did get, you know, laser and whatnot. That being said, he does look like he's in decent shape, but the few clips we saw, he didn't look very fast at all. And they're, they listed him at tight end at camp, and they signed him. They listed him as a wide receiver. Yeah, that, that was my question. I don't know what of this yet. Yeah, that was my question. It's like, where does he play? Because if he's a tight end, it's like, dude, you don't have the strength to block. I, I, don't, I don't think he does. You know? He he had a he had fat on him, you know, <laughs> with the two hundred forty pounds on him, you know, and the reason why he wasn't playing in the NFL is because he got fat. It's not like he added a bunch of muscle, so he has no playing experience at the NFL tight end spot. And the Giants run a you know a little bit more of a conventional offense where you know if Kelvin Benjamin's going to be tight end three, he better be expected to block. He's not going to be expected to come in here and haul in 30, 40 catches, right? So it would it it honestly it just makes more sense. In my brain, if Kelvin Benjamin has any slimmer, slim shot at making this football team, 
it makes a world more sense to me if he is just a contested catch wide receiver option. That is the route. I don't see it as a Y option, tight end, conventional tight end role. I don't. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't, I don't, as much as we give Garrett Flack, I don't think he would use him as like a conventional tight end. If, if they were to put him at tight end, I think it'd be like using him on crossers and, and you know, tight end fades. Um, it's such a limited role though. Like Evan Ingram can do that. Well, I don't you know? think, but they, they're not, I mean, Evan Ingram can't do it. Like Kevin, like Evan Ingram doesn't make contested catches. Like he, yeah. he, there's sometimes he makes tough catches when they're put in his hands. Yeah. Evan Ingram runs a good straight line. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, but I don't see him making the roster because let's go through it. Let's go through wide receiver. Galladay, Shepard, Slayton, and Tony, they're locks. So we don't see them keeping more than six receivers. I mean, they barely kept five at times last season. Yeah. I would say Ross is a very clear cut over Benjamin at this point. And I would say Pettis too, even though, you know, we're not, we're not like tied at the hip to Dante Pettis. I just don't, I don't see him having any shot at the wide receiver spot. And then at tight end, Ingram and Rudolph are locks. And you can make the argument that, hey, we've been talking about keeping four tight ends. Why keep four tight ends? Well, maybe they do cut a Tori Lolo. Caden Smith is their third. And like, hey, we got Kelvin Benjamin. We'll use him in the red zone at times. And he does some stuff that other players can't do. Because he is like a contested catch like machine. It's kind of crazy. They at did they was. did carry they did carry four tight ends last year, right? With Tomlinson? Yeah, Tomlinson was on the roster to start the season. Maybe and then that comes at the expense well, of And we're expecting them to carry four right now. So maybe they cut Toy Lolo like it's just like all right now like they they cut Toy Lolo and like I would be excited about that. That that I would get excited about. Now it'd probably we'd probably get our expectations a little too high for it, but it would be it would be kind of exciting. It's like we cut Toy Lolo who we really don't need if we have both Rudolph and Caden Smith on the roster. And we got this guy in Kelvin Benjamin who has 22 career touchdowns as our yeah. fourth tight end. And he's not used in the traditional tight end role. A goal line option. Seriously. Like that, that that's the only way I can see him making it. Um, he didn't look fat, which was nice. Like he, you know, he, he, he looked pretty lean, which is good. But I, at the end of the day, I just don't see him making the roster. He's 30 years old. He's been out of the league for two years. They are doing this like mix of wide receiver tight end. I don't know exactly what it is. I do think at the end of the day he's a wide receiver, not a tight end. Um, I I just I don't see him making the roster. But you know what? Injuries happen. You never know. I, I'm fine. It's it's a cool guy to bring into the ninety man. Like yeah, we're all gonna be excited to see you know Kelvin Benjamin in the first week of camp in the first preseason game. It will be a storyline. It will one hundred percent be a storyline. I mean, Kelvin it was Benjamin's- huge. It was the it was the storyline of the NFL this weekend. Like those are. You know, those Kelvin Benjamin clips I was putting out were getting more views than our draft stuff. It was like, because everyone was, you know, popping off their Kelvin Benjamin jokes, so our stuff was popping up. Um, And, you know, the, the Popeye's biscuit joke got made a little overdone, but then I can't throw, I can't throw shade because we made the intro to our last podcast a Popeye's commercial. So, yeah, I, you know, I piled in on the easy joke. I can't throw, I can't throw shade. At at the masses on that one, I thought people were gonna get confused, like we were partnering with Popeyes. I could definitely see people being like, "Are these are these like the automatically added advertisements?" Yep, because that you like a lot of podcasts start with those, so I definitely could see that. And we just gave Popeyes a free ad, but you know what? Popeyes is pretty good. You know, I haven't been there in a while, but it's pretty good. Free ad. Um, we should we should we need to stop giving these free ads to freaking Popeyes. All right, other storylines was the t- Kadarius Tony cleat. That was I don't know what happened and and ended up 
I don't know. But what I mean, what what in the world of Carmen San Diego happened to Kadarius Tony's cleat? Carmen San Diego. Do you know that? No. Of course you don't. Sounds fun. Sounds funny. I laughed. Um So yeah, Kadarius- I'm glad he's not hurt. Glad he's not hurt. I mean, whatever whatever it was, it was kind of strange. It it, it kind of seemed like a all right, I'm not I'm not gonna lie. You could either flip it in you could flip it in two ways or three ways. One, he's a really hard worker. He wants to get out there and he wants to work, right? Number two, self-induced storyline. Dude, find a cleat. Let's not make a big deal out of this. Number three, um, legitimately just couldn't find a cleat, and that was that. I mean, he's like Zion Williamson, just busting through shoes. Ben Mason totally screwed up his feet. It's you know what you're you're putting new cleats on. Sometimes you don't break them in the right way, and they screw up your feet. It's happened to all of us. So, cheese toes, kind of gross. I didn't really look. He's a very like giggly interview. Uh, did you did you if you watching the pressers? That's something I noticed with Kadarius. Is like he is very like always smiling, like find something like to giggle about in like every question. Yeah, no, a part of, part of me thinks that it was like a little bit of self-induced. Like he wanted to go out there with only one shoe on. Uh let's let's not put though. Let's not put that on him this quickly. I don't think that's bad. I'm not saying it's it a, will that's be a smart. character if, flaw. You know what? It would be bad if Kadarius Tony was screwing up his cleats on purpose to Well, I didn't say he screwed up his cleats on purpose. I just said that he went out there with one shoe. But he didn't go out there with one shoe. He went out there with two, and then they were screwing up. It's not like he just walked out with one shoe and said, "Oh damn, I forgot I was wearing my, I missed my other shoe." That's my storyline. Uh, already trying to run him out of town. Um, his second and his third toes are the same size. No, I'm sorry. His second toe and his no, it might even be the first three toes are like the same size. It's kind of it's kind of strange. Three first round wide receivers now with Calvin Benjamin, Kadarius Tony, and John Ross. It is his second toe and his big toe that are the same size. And also, I did enjoy That's the pretty Giants common, coach. honestly. It, it, it is, it, it's common on me. It's something that Kadarius Tony and I have in common. I also did enjoy the Giants coaches just absolutely just beating the crap out of the wide receivers uh, with the with the, with the the dummies and with the pads after they caught the ball. I enjoyed they, that. They were teaching them how to run mesh concepts. How about that? All right. Justin, speaking of basketball it's playoff time big stakes bigger promotions it's time to hammer the over and score some cash DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to lower the over under on a featured playoff game all players who place a bet on the featured basketball game will have a hand in lowering the over under on the game that's right for every 1500 players who bet the over under on the select game the over under will drop by one point do we know what the select game is I'm just confused on this transition. We never even mentioned basketball. We're mentioning it now. Um, so go on DraftKings and find out, which I, I would assume it's maybe one of the play-in games. I would assume it's uh, Warriors and Lakers. That would be a good one, but then you're having to wait till Wednesday night instead of Tuesday. I am very excited for the NBA playoffs. Um, here, let me give you mid-ad quick thoughts on the NBA playoffs. The Sixers will probably sweep whoever is the 8th seed. The Nets, I want them to play the Wizards because I think they would actually be a tougher out than the Celtics. Um, and that Russ versus KD storyline would be pretty cool. And I, I think they would they would make us play basketball. Um, I do think the Heat are going to beat the Bucks. I don't think last year was a fluke. I do think that was real. The Heat have been hot. They were the one team I, I, I was really hoping not to play them in the first round. 
And then the Knicks-Hawks, I'm very interested in that series. It's basically two opposite teams. The, the Hawks, since they fired their coach, they've been balling. The, the Knicks, you know, they ha- they finish off their season strong. They have the number one defense. Like, that's going to be – I think that might be the most interesting series of the first round for the East. Um, and then the West, don't trust the Clippers. I think the Jazz are going to make win- make the NBA Finals. I do. I don't trust – I the Suns, it's just – I haven't seen anything from them yet, you know been a cool regular season but i just don't see it happening the lakers i i i would i don't know the lakers it's weird for them right now everybody who hammers the over under and featured game helps to lower the games over under the best part is that even as the line lowers the odds remain even money that's right you can double your money by hammering the over DraftKings is safe secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience D- download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to hammer the over. For every 1,500 people that bet the over-under in the featured game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of of the over-hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code JOHNBOY for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. Maximum twenty-five dollar wager, wager one per customer. Offer ends five twenty-three twenty-one. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one hundred Gambler or in Indiana, one eight hundred nine. With it, the Nick Gates interview, pretty good. You know these players are never going to open up like crazy, but I thought we had some some interesting time stuff in there. And then he tweeted out "Talking Giants versus the World," which was a very cool moment. That that felt cool. Uh, you know. It's just, it's just kind of funny. So now my new goal is to get as many players to tweet it now that Nick Gates did it. Being like, look look at all the interaction Nick Gates got on his tweet. It might have been his most liked tweet he ever put out. So, mm-hmm. um, Come on, Kadarius Tony, Tweet out Talking Giants vs. The World, my man. You, it will, you will, let me put it this way. You won't regret it. You're not going to regret it. People will love it. It was, it was pretty cool. Come on, Young Jocka. Young Jocka. Um, young Jocka or Young Jocka? Which one is it? I'm going Joka, but I have a tendency to pronounce things wrong. Joka, yeah, like those um, nicotine pills. You, you, you definitely pronounce those wrong. And you came at me so smugly, like I read it before, and you were actually wrong. So I was every single person that tweeted at you that thank you because it just every everyone made me smile. Um, and you doubted Lucy smoked cigarettes, and then I put out that picture that she smoked cigarettes. All right, Nick Gates. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right. We now welcome on starting center for the New York Giants. At least we th- at least we think he's going to be starting for 2021. You know, I, I haven't been campaigning like we were in 2020. Nick Gates. Nick, what's going on, my man? Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Good, good. Finally, finally glad to get you on. Been wanting to do it for a while, kind of waiting until the draft was over. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk about football and whatnot, and, there, and there's there's a lot to talk about with you. But first, I know you got it in a bun, but I'm coming I'm coming for that hair, man. I, I'm I finally let it grow out a little bit. Yeah, you're trying. I don't know if you'll catch this, but we'll see. How long have you? How long? When was the last time you cut it? Uh, I get trims every probably four to six months. So I take about an inch or inch and a half off. But last time I like had short hair was probably four or five years ago when I was back in college. See, I, I, this is my first summer doing this stuff full time before I was working out in the Florida sun. And so I'd let it grow out. I'd let it grow out. And then 
it would hit like June and I would just be like, I hate this. I'm done yeah. with it. It's in my eyes. It's well, you're sweaty. Gonna cave. I know so you're finally, cave. finally I'm, I'm picking it. I'm, I think I might be able to grow it out through a, a full summer. Yeah. Summer is a tough part. I, that was, we used to have the humid, humid ass summers back in Nebraska. It'd be like 105 with like 75% humidity. I wanted to cut it so bad and I was so over it all the time, but she got to put in hats. Hats is my big thing. I used to rock so many hats. I, I I've started getting the hats now. I got called out on it because I can't do, you know, I could do like a man bun, but I'm not going to yeah. do the man bun. I can't do the regular bun. I got those, just those little black headbands. And then everyone was saying they're girl headbands, but I don't care. It's, yeah. it's better than it being in my eyes. So exactly right. well, that's where the sunglasses come in. Yeah. But I like to, I, anyways, let's get off the hair. Let's talk about Nick Gates. We've been right. talking hair for right. 20 minutes. So nasty Nick Gates. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, welcome on. Uh, we're, we're, we're big fans. So I have a, I have a burning question for you to kind of start. So I don't, I don't know how in tuned you are to uh to everybody you know what the word on the streets you know just the giants and you know everybody on social media all the talking heads and whatnot, um, but basically everybody likes to say about guys coming out of the draft that every tackle can play guard every guard can play center and the talk about particularly you is that you're kind of cursed with every single off season there will be a talking point about you oh yeah Nick Gates he you know he could just move to guard if he sign a center. Oh yeah, Nick Gates. He can go to tackle if we really need to tackle. So does that annoy you? You have you have this curse for now for the rest of your career because of how versatile you are. You have this curse for the rest of your career that you can play anywhere on the offensive line. Does that annoy you, or do you embrace that curse? I embrace it. I'd say you know it's being versatile is never going to hurt you. I mean that's the more you can do, as we say, the more you can do, the harder it is to get rid of you. I mean you you might be not be good at this position at center or whatever. You still you still have four other positions you can play. And, no, I, I I like taking it on, and you know it's, you know if everything goes with the Giants, hopefully I'd stay here my whole career. But you never know. Other teams look at that stuff like, oh, he could play guard, tackle, center. He could play them all if he we really need to. So, yeah, but with with you because you were you know you were good at tackle, um, you know, and guard and center. I think you you thrive a little more. You didn't have a ton of games at guard, but when you were out there, you were good. I do think it's just every off season there's going to be centers in every draft that people like, and they're going to be like, ah, right, we could draft them. Just just move Nick out back out the guard with with that though how did the center thing start i remember i remember the week you started versus the jets you were the backup because uh uh po was down but when was like the like you know Shermer was out judge was in when was like that hey get ready to uh you know be snapping the ball this year i'd probably say the beginning of last offseason we started doing virtual meetings and otas and i talked to with colombo and judge and, and jg and they all were just like, hey, yeah, you know, start snapping the ball. You're going to get some looks at, at center this uh, this training camp. So, you know, the biggest thing is you need to get the ball back to the QB and then we can deal with everything else after that. So, Well, it was also Bobby's tweet. I, I'm sure that was also an idea too because he did a little, a little bit of investigative journalist and he was like, hey, Nick Gates, like this tweet if you're practicing snapping the center. So yeah. there you go. Um, <laughs> so I, I want to know, especially towards the beginning of last season, which was crazy, you know, COVID year, no camp, uh, well, limited camp, no spring workouts. So what was your, where was your brain at kind of to start last year? Cause you're going from, you know, a different coaching regime. You're going from a different system than what you were in in 2019. And you're also going into a new position as well. What, what was your, where was your brain at heading into last season, new spot, everything like that? Um, I'd say my, my thing is just taking a play at a time, no matter what, just come back down to just getting simply your play done that you have in front of you and, you know, just taking care of it one, one play at a time and just keep looking at it like that. So 
that I just and just try to stay calm. I was like, I knew, you know, being a new position, you know, new center, like starting first time, like starting a year out, I knew there was going to be mistakes getting made and I can't let those like eat me up inside. And, you know, it's going to happen and it is what it is. And you just kind of let it roll off your back and go on to the next play. And, you know, that again, where the one play at a time comes in. So. When did that like, like, cause you know, you play with a swagger and a confidence. When, when did that come though, where it's like, all right, not only am I going to play this way, but it's like every play is like, okay, I, I know what's going on. Like, was it in camp or like, you know, week three, like, when was it like, all right, this, this is, this is where my spot is. Um, I mean, I knew everything mentally and stuff like that, the playbook and stuff. And I did all that, but just, I probably started getting comfortable with it. Probably like, around game five is when it like everything fully came together and I felt real comfortable, like making all the calls, snapping the ball back there. And I wasn't worried about snapping. You know, I just did probably around game five is when I felt the most comfortable. And then it just went up from there. Right. Now week four is when you guys played the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I think now here, here's the thing is, as most people don't watch the offensive line during games, you know, and it, I mean, Listen, I I like to you know pay attention to you guys, but it's hard to watch the offensive line during games. Oh yeah. And it was like, all right, the Pittsburgh game happened. That's just the narrative. And then you getting into it with Donald, I really think is what kind of got the fan base on on your side. And then by the end of the year, you were everybody's favorite. Um, you know what? Like, kind of explain your mindset. Like, I, I think one of your brothers messaged me or commented on one of your you know videos. Where it's like he averages an altercation per game. Where like where we have we don't see that every year with everybody. Like what's where does that come from? I don't know. I've always had just you know that in me. I've always been a little run my mouth a little bit, talk a little bit to everybody, and I would get into. It. I've always been like that in college, and I don't know. I, I I just think it's fun. It makes football more fun to get into with other people, and you know, I just, I just enjoy it. So I I like it too, man. I mean, you know, I. I, I like to talk. I like to talk trash, and, and, and it definitely showed up with you. And I think in that game, too, there was the, the altercation after the game. And I think, you know, the two people who are probably the most about it are you and Maje Harper on the team. I think that was Maje Harper's, like, first game with you guys. And he was, like, in people's faces. It was, like, you and him, Maje Harper were, like, in there fighting while everybody else was watching. It was like, okay, so we got, we got like, two psychos on, on, on each side of the ball with Gates and Harper. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I was just – like he got Tate, so I was just trying to get up Tate. Tate's my boy, so yeah, He's good people. Just trying to help him out. Um, any anything you can share from that Aaron Donald intercation? I mean, it, it wasn't like you guys fist fought, but you're just kind of grabbing each other's face masks and shaking each other. But like, just, you know how it was. It was a close game there towards the end. You know, it's just it's just football. That's all it was. I mean, I don't really know. We just he he they both ran our mouth a little bit, and it's just I don't know, that's all it was. We Is there right. any thought that's running through your head that? Holy shit! I'm, you know, shoving Aaron Donald right now. Um, does that is that going through the head at all? Not till after the game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like I like after after that game. It's like okay, it's like Aaron Donald got into it with number sixty eight on the Giants. Like no, come on, that's that's nasty, Nick. We got to get his name out there more than just number sixty eight on the Giants. You, uh, first Nick- of all, first of all, what what did you just mess up there, Bobby Skinner? I don't know. You got to tell me. <laughs> he went back to the college number. 68 oh 65 my man oh my you know what? i just God. sent you the email i won't give your email away but it does have you know the number 68 in it. and i think that's back in college yeah 65 i screwed that up um, get it together okay it's all right they're good <laughs> get it together. and and I, speaking of what you're gonna change can you guys change this like different numbers the offensive line or you guys are stuck with like 60 through 79 
I think they put it to 50 now or something, but that's still the same numbers. I'm going to stick with my number. So. Yeah. Do you do you think the whole it's going to be hard to identify players in the box or, you know, who's who is, is real? I mean, I guess that would be more relevant for you than anybody. No, not really. I mean, you, you know the number and you know who the player is and what position they play. Yeah. So you know, Tom Brady, when he said that, was uh, was was full of crap, basically. Oh, yes. I didn't know he said anything. Oh yeah, well, yeah don't, don't like, try and get you know the clip. Nick Gates says Tom Brady. No, full of, no, you know, no, no. We love I'm headlines, but we don't want to get those type of headlines. I'm saying it. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I mean, it might be a little bit, but I, I don't, I don't know. I usually just try to memorize like the number associated with the player. And didn't number. Judge make you practice? Like this was like early camp, I think. Didn't he make you all practice like with the defense where you didn't even have like numbers or names on the back of the jersey? Did that happen early in the summer? Shoot, I can't even remember. I think it was no names. It might have been the no names. Yeah. We, they wanted to stir them or something. I don't remember. I yeah. Can't, I can't well, recall. We're talking about Judge. You know, I, obviously, I don't need you to go into any detail. But the Colombo stuff did happen midseason. And, I, you know, we don't need to get into the details or, or, you know, what you know that maybe the media doesn't. But, like, one, how did you find that news? And then, two, like, how, what was the reaction of just, like, the group in general where it's like, hey, we are, we are making a position, a, a coach switch midway through the season? Yeah, no, it always sucks to lose a coach. I mean, anybody through midway through the season, but you know, Judge thought it was what's best for the team, and you know, that's what we got to go with. And Judge is the, the head man, and you know, we got to do everything. You know, we got to follow Judge as the leader. So I'm, I'm fine with it. Have you gotten to talk to Sale or Flaherty yet? Yeah, we mean Rob talked a little bit this off season, just you know, talking about families and trying to couldn't talk football, so we weren't right. any of that. So we just kind of he's just trying to get to know me as a person, and you know, see. I, how, how my family's doing and you know if i'm married or single or what's the kind of girlfriend or just kind of see about the kids and stuff and just kind of you know just get to know each other right all right so uh cool first of all and then also it's, it was really cool seeing you know you hanging out with like will hernandez and hanging out with some of the guys over the offseason that's been that's been partially a, a really cool thing about this offseason during the season we didn't really get a chance to see that you know i'm yeah. sure you guys were all locking down during the regular season uh, but now you guys are hanging out with each other. And one of the guys you've been hanging out with mostly is Will. So he seems like a, you know, he seems to be like at uh, Jones out of his shell a little bit too. Um, so is Will like that guy on the team that, that gets like everybody to go out even when maybe nobody wants to go out? Is he like the life of the party? So tell us a little bit about your relationship with him and what Will's like as a person. Uh, I would say Will's life of the party, but we, I mean, we all, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know, we all kind of just pick and choose when we want to go out. I'm like, oh, we all kind of say, like, we're going to go out this after this game or after we win or yeah. we're gonna go out this weekend or, or what it is, and we kind of just correlate and get ready for it and go. But the Arizona thing was a good time. Everybody, you know, had a good time out there, and I'm glad everybody got to meet up and do that thing. But Will, he's just, I don't know, Will, Will's a funny dude. Will's a good guy, and, you know, like being around him, like hanging around him. He's a good family, and Mama Hernandez and Mr. Hernandez are all good, good people, so. I, I like his almost Friday Instagram post. Oh, those are awesome, right? Every Thursday, them. dude. He he goes into the. You know, it's not like he just does one every like like almost oh, he, Friday. It's like man, this archives. this yeah, he's pulling like pictures back from like when he's like thirteen years old. It's like man, like oh, I know, right? I love those <laughs> he, he's like, and then now I've seen like you know you post you know reposting some, and then some other guys on the team. Uh, Gillespie, the new fullback, he seems to be an, an almost Friday guy. You know, I I think we're gonna start doing that for talking Giants. It's, Almost Friday post on Instagram. I I just got inspired on in the I'm moment. Down. Um. So, but you did spend time in Arizona. Um. 
which was pretty cool to see, you know, the QB, you know, that happens every single year. I mean, it even happened last year, you know, they did it down in Texas with McCoy, but like he had the, the offensive line down there too, which was like, okay, that's, you know, you don't always see that. And I get you guys weren't, you know, working out the whole time. Could you like, is there anything from that experience that you could share and, or what, what is Daniel Jones like? Because to the media, to us, he seems like the most bland person in like in the world, in the world, and not even in a bad way. But everyone that like knows him says like, no, he's a lot more lively than than he leads on to to the media. Yeah, um, you know, Daniel's a good guy. Daniel's a little, yeah, he's a little lively more than he leads on to you guys. But Daniel's a leader, and you know, he's a good he's a good face for the franchise, and I think he does a really good job with that. And you're not going to see him get too high or see him get too low. You know, you know what Charlie's going to get with him and. You know, it's just you always want to follow him out in the battle because, you know, no matter what, he's going to fight fight to the end and, you know, do what he can to win the ball game. Yeah, it, I mean, it's impressive the way he handles himself, you know, well, you know, one on the field, like in that Arizona game. It's like, dude, you know, the line of hand is like he had he was on two bad legs after he got that ankle injury in, in the second quarter. And it's like and I remember like going through the film and being like, why didn't he pull the trigger here in the fourth quarter? And it's like, well, the dude had no legs. That That is starting to make a little more sense right now. He sacked about what five times at that point so yeah you know what i will say though in those games where you guys gave up more than the average sacks a lot of times those were the running backs and tight ends so you know it, it just kind of gets it gets all on you guys i'm not going to throw anybody we're under saying the bus. It. we're saying it not you <laughs> so it's, it's like you know what you guys get the heat for that and it's like man i saw so-and-so was the one who whiffed on that one while while everybody up front did their job okay. um now you guys are bringing Basically, everyone back. Zeitler left, obviously, and now Solder's returning. Yeah. Um, have you know this is this is where I'll try and get like some information out of you. Who's playing left guard and who's playing right guard? Because Will and and Shane, that's the only position they've played from college all the way to the NFL. Besides, like ten reps in a game last year. Have the are those guys both just cross training, or do they kind of have an inkling of of who's going to play where to start out? To be honest with you, like I'm being, I don't, I have no clue. Rob's good about asking them both questions at left hand, right guard. He kind of, you know, tell them to, to cross train and stuff like that. But the majority, I don't really know. Like, you know, like Judge says all the time, there's not, there's not a, you know, set starter, you know, except for the couple that are going into camp. So, right. I got to go in there looking to, you know, get my job and, you know, keep in mind and, you know, not getting complacent. So, yeah. Shane's got really good hair too. Who's, who has the longer hair? You mm. or Shane? His is—I'll tell you—his is better. His is, his is thicker and longer. I'm losing—I'm losing mine a little bit. It's starting to go, so you know, time might be coming here soon. But I don't know. Stop I'm wearing the hats. I—I I, I don't even know if that's real. The whole hat make hats make you go ball thing. But I've just always yeah. believed it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um. So. So yes. Yeah. You know, Shane. How How old are you? What? Like twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. Shane's twenty twenty two. So uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Now, this is what I've been dying to ask you since, you know, since the season went over. Every offensive lineman, they dream about maybe scoring a touchdown one day, whether it's through a trick play, through it's recovering a fumble, and you have those celebrations. I remember telling my coach in high school that, like, hey, if I ever score a touchdown, I'm getting a 15-yard penalty. Like, I just hope we're on that same, you know, like, you can't be mad at me. I'm getting a 15-yard penalty. One – you had to have thought all week for Cleveland. I'm scoring a touchdown this week. I'm scoring a touchdown this week as soon as you guys installed that. Um, so, one, walk us through the heartbreak of not scoring that touchdown. And then, two, did you have a celebration plan for it? 
Okay, yeah. So yeah, we uh, we had it in for a couple weeks before that, so we just kind of run it every. I think it was every Friday or Saturday, something like that, just to mess around and give me see if I could catch the ball every time and kind of you know get the gist with me. I mean, they knew I could catch the ball, but um. So yeah, so it was when they caught it. I was like, oh my god, this is a play! Holy cow! I was like, all right. And I looked at I looked at Riley, and he looked at me and smiled, and they they shifted, and I snapped it, and I was just like, all right. I, I probably left probably half a second too early, but they I mean uh, BJ played it real well. He just sat there and played it perfectly, and saw me leak late, and then just picked me up. But my you know I obviously I you know you guys aren't reading you know social media comments and stuff, but my favorite was like. Like Gano was wide open on the slant in the zone. It's like that. I guarantee you that like they didn't want Riley Dixon going through progression. Yeah, it was exactly. like either this works or they or they cover. Exactly. There's no in between there. Exactly. And we ran in our defense before they even knew about it, and it, it skunked them. They had no clue. And they I caught the ball every turn. Like, what the hell are you doing with the ball? <laughs> I know. It's like you you expect some type of trickery, but not the center catching it. I didn't even know the center could catch a pass. Uh, like I, I know you can report ineligible weird. and stuff, but it was weird. But. Did you have a touchdown oh, celebration plan? I think I uh, I can't remember. I think there was a couple, but this is the only one I remember. I was thinking I was gonna shock him a beer, like fake pass out beers to like Riley and Gano and like <laughs> a couple of guys and we were gonna shock them, like fake shock them, but uh there's 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 a few ones. You know, I I always had said if I was on the road, I would, you know, squat down and take a dump with the football if, mm. if I did it. And then I also thought just like just chucking the football as far as you can to the stands. Is I also it, thought about doing that, but I'm like, if I do that, I want the ball. Like, if I score a touchdown, my yeah. only touchdown, if I want the damn ball. So, Cleveland, knowing Cleveland fans, they might have thrown it back. So you might, yeah, but that is true. You can't get rid of that 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 touchdown yeah. ball. So, I mean, I, my heart, you know, one, I'm a Giants fan, so I wanted them to score, but my heart broke. It's like, dude, that's every offensive yeah. lineman just thinks I about won't that. Never get another opportunity, but it is well, what it is. When I remember uh, AT got the two-point conversion in Dallas, and I remember oh, a clip came out that week of you guys catching passes, and, you know, you're 0-3 or 0-4 at the time. And I remember people were like, this judge guy doesn't know what he's doing. How about these guys block, not catch? And it's like, well, look what happened. They they actually were doing that for a reason, so it ended up working out. Versatility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The more yeah. you can do, right? The more you can do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not like Andrew Thomas. If you know things don't go well, it's like, hey, look, put me at tight end. Yeah. Um, so, well, let's let's go back to the early part of your journey too, because I, you know, I I think we've talked so much about 2020 that it's like we forgot. One, you're an undrafted free agent, so the odds are already bad, and then you missed the whole first year. I mean, like, did you think like this? You know, when you had that injury, that like, oh. This is this is probably it. Like I'll keep in shape and stuff, but like this this you know my chance is done. Yeah, no, I mean going on draft. So first of all, I thought I was getting drafted, and you know go through that and that feeling of going to the draft and drafted was you know was bad. So I felt didn't like it. So you know going on draft, I felt like I had something to prove, and I even left early too. So I had, you know felt like I had something even more to prove after leaving school and then going on drafted, and then. You know, I just got I got injured. And I thought it was after that. I thought it was I was done. I was like, oh, I'm getting injured. They're just gonna you know injury, give me injury settlement and tell me to get on my way. Just because usually that's what happens under after free agents. You get hurt your first camp, and I don't know. I guess they liked me or something. Thought to give me another chance, and they're like, all right, you know, kind of take this year as a redshirt year, and you know, learn to play, but get bigger, get stronger, just get better, like healthy. And that's kind of what I went went about it and looked at it like. So it was a I think it was a good year for me. You know, I, I could. 
you know, get in there and learn like the insides and out of kind of how the league work, league works and, you know, just you know how it is. It is a business and it isn't just football and having fun anymore. So I'm a big fan of preseason football. And I want to see if you can validate my opinion. It seemed to us from the outside looking in that you weren't like, you know, originally scheduled to be part of that, like O-line group that was going to make the 53, but then injuries kind of happened in camp. And then you played well in preseason. Did you move up the depth chart with that, or was that kind of like you know you just kind of were always where you were? Stuff. Say it again. And you mean the preseason and stuff? In the, or? Yeah, in the in the 2019 preseason, because yeah. like like um, that's where we you first caught our eyes. Like, man, this Nick yeah. Gates guy, like he could be the swing tackle, and then you come in and play well. But like, did you move up in like the ranks throughout that preseason? Mm, kind of, not really. I just they kind of that year. I think they just so ran with the twos the whole time and was just doing that and I played I had I had good practices I practiced real well and the coaches liked that and you know I just kind of they had confidence in me because they knew I could play tackle too or they didn't know I could play tackle until I think it was Wheeler got hurt and uh so they're uh, we kind of I kind of went I was like you know I played tackle right now I could play if I have to and they're like all right yeah I guess and let me go out there take a couple reps and they're like all right he still has a set and they're like all right look, let's try him in the preseason game so I didn't do bad I didn't do great but I didn't do bad in that and that's kind of how that all worked out yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm a preseason nut one because I like to learn about players like you that, like you know, like Kyle Murphy's on your team and he and he made the 53 towards the end of the season, and I think he might have some potential. But it's like I've never seen him play in the NFL, so I, I do think preseason adds some value. And and like you mentioned, you know, like it seemed like Chad, you know, going into camp was slated ahead of you at tackle, and then he, you know, missed some games, preseason games, and then you came in and played well. So, um, you know, that was cool. That's when you first kind of got on our radar. Um, so yeah. So, I mean, what are, what's the buzz like for the team right now? Like, you know, you guys did go six and 10, but it felt like a different type of six and 10 one. Cause you guys were in that division race towards the end, but it just, you know, you started at one and seven and finished five and three. It's all, you know, like there was, there was improvement that you saw. What's the buzz around the team of like what you guys can do, especially with some added players with, you know, Kenny and then the guys in the draft. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, we're definitely excited. I feel like we, we got some good players and could be a good team this year. And, you know, we just got to put it all together. I think like last year we didn't have complete games. The defense either played good and then the offense played bad and, or, you know, defense and the special teams played good. And I like, there was never, it seemed like we could all click all three. So hopefully, you know, we got some good players with Kenny and Kyle and, you know, just a couple of guys are going to help us out. And, you know, hopefully we just, you know, get one, won a couple more games there down at the end. You know, we had a lot of what one, one possession games last year. So, yeah, and something that at least, you know, from, you know, fan fans perspective, right, you know, the the core group of guys that really not even just core group of guys, but really from from top to bottom, you know, you, you guys are just filled with guys that you want to genuinely root for to win, you yeah. know, and, and especially the last couple of years for the Giants, you know. It, it, obviously, it comes with winning, but even when you know you got you know even when just you know just five wins last year, we ended the season with the group of guys who was like, yeah, we you know, we really want to root for Leo Williams. You know, mm-hmm. we you know Logan Ryan coming in here, um, you know, working with the charities that he's working with, being just a genuinely a good dude. That's the guy that we want to work with. Darnay Holmes is smile. You know, you being nasty and being you know you and Will Hernandez, Shane Lemieux, you, you guys all being Bash Brothers at at some point or another. So you know, just being a genuinely a good group of guys, you know, frankly, I'm a fan of the New York football giants, but probably more than ever, I'm a fan of just like you as a team and you as a group, which I feel like is really, really cool. And I think that's kind of rare. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, which reminds me, 
now so you've played at all all three positions dex dalvin and leo which one is the toughest one to go up against in in one-on-ones in practice they all are different like dalvin they really are (laughs) i mean dex is just so athletic for how big he is and so strong and he just moves different and just like he's just i don't know he Sometimes he just – There's a video of him dunking the basketball the other day at, like, 360 pounds. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. He, and then, but Dalvin, like, he was, like, impossible to move. Like, I don't know. He was just he, – he's probably he, – he helped me out so much. Him, he's just a good player and made me better going against him every day in and day out. And, you know, it was just I'm, – I'm, I'm happy I got it. He was, you know, my teammate there for a little bit. So – but I'd probably say – Leo, Leo is just, just freaky athletic. He just – he just pulls some moves out of his his behind and just, you know, it's crazy. But, you know, I'd say just going against Dalvin every day, I was just, you know, probably he'd be the toughest for me. Yeah. And, I, you know, again, I, I watched the film. It's like, you know, from the outside looking in, part of me is like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, you did well against nose tackles, but it's like, it's nice that, you know, we have Dalvin on our side, you know, exactly. you know, obviously it's like, man, I like, I, I wonder what it would be like going up against Dalvin every single week, you know, oh, where it's like, we see him. Like you don't see nose tackles blow up centers like like the way he does Dalvin it and does it in different ways, you know. Crazy, yeah. That's I looked at a schedule, I was like, We don't have the Vikings this year, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know. All my favorite I was a big Ryan Connolly fan, you know, and obviously yeah. he left. Um, and they've got some guys I like over there on that that Minnesota defense. So yeah. talking Giants first the world. Nick, man, I really do appreciate you giving us some time. It's a long time coming. Uh looking forward to seeing you guys get out there and prove and get better and and uh, you know, good luck on this upcoming season. I mean, I appreciate it. appreciate you guys. You know, you guys have always been in my corner. So I'll, if I have always been in my corner, so hey, I'd we're come in the- and hang out with you guys for a little bit. So I appreciate you guys. And you know, you guys, are my brother, my older brother Matt's favorite favorite thing. Like, good, favorite good. Thing. So, hey, you know what? We're not in your corner for no reason, man. You showed out every chance you got. You yeah. know, I appreciate it. You know, yep. when that game against the Jets, you're the best offensive lineman out there. So we're we're in your corner because you do a good job, man. Appreciate you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. No holds bad. He he took me in the low post and won, but I think we had on the varsity. All right. Thank you so much to Nick Gates for coming on to the show. Talking Giants versus the world. Big tweet. Big moment for us. And Bobby, we have yet another pubic service announcement from manscaped it's the news that we've all been waiting for but also we've been telling you we've been telling you the last couple weeks here on talking giants about the lawnmower 4.0 manscaped's newest product it's following up the lawnmower 3.0 that is a great product and this is kind of new and improved it is available for purchase in the usa and canada the new trimmer was just released just a couple weeks ago and we are one of the first to get our hands on it bobby skinner used it i have used it we absolutely love it if you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code GIANTS, you get 20% off and free shipping. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with that exclusive offer. So what makes this trimmer different than any other trimmers, Bobby? New function, multi-function on-off switch. It can, it can engage in a travel lock created for people who like to travel as well. The Lone Mower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when you need it for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes 1 through 4. And looks-wise, we know it's got the matte paint, it's got a gloss finish, even features a stamped black chrome Manscaped logo, and show that mower off loud and proud. 
It's also waterproof. You can groom in the shower, not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. It's wireless charging. Walmart 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction, which can help battery last longer. So again, go to manscaped.com, use promo code GIANTS, get 20% off of your order, and get free shipping. Thank you, Manscaped, Lawnmower 4.0, and thank you, Nick Gates. Thank you, Nick Gates. Um, so good stuff. Go go tweet at Nick Gates, even though he probably never goes on Twitter, that you that you like the interview with him. Um put in your Instagram stories. That's how you'll see it. And tag Nick yes, Gates. That's he, how he does he's he's a gram guy. Like that's how we got him, was through the gram, not through Twitter. Um so 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 just friggin' do it. All right. Um, so yes, thank you, Nick Gates. I really appreciate him coming on. Um, next episode, we've been teasing it for a while. We haven't done one in probably feels like three months at this point. Mailbag. We are doing a mailbag voicemail. So Wednesday, we'll put out a tweet for if you want to do a mailbag question, and then if you want to leave a voicemail, seven three two four four three zero eight six two. And if you miss that, press uh, back fifteen and listen again. Um, I could also put it in the description. Let's nah make people work for it. May I want them to want mm. it less than a minute. If it is more than a minute, we're not playing them anymore. I'm sorry. We, we've been we were getting like two and a half minute long ones. Make it a question. Make it a conversation starter. Not we don't want to hear your takes on the off season. No offense, but we want to we want to facilitate conversations. So questions, questions, not you know what you think. You know how you think Kenny got. Anyways. I'm rambling. Like, you shouldn't be rambling on the voicemail call. So, check it out. So, we'll do that. Uh, We'll record that on Thursday night. It'll be out on Friday. And until then, let's go Big Blue. Blue.